0: Jesus is real there's power in your name. We trust in your ways we need Jesus is
1: real. We have noses to breathe air, eyes that can see that we relate with creation that hey if the earth in its orbit was just one degree farther out to be too cold for the earth to be inhabited if it was one slight degree too far in, it'd be too hot oh yeah and there's this thing called gravity I mean all this stuff it all declares to us who God is the heavens declare the glory of God
0: the firmament proclaims and shows forth God's handiwork the wonder and curiosity of a child are amazing traits Kids tend to notice details about the world around them and enjoy learning how things work. Today, Pastor Daniel shares that God reveals himself in his creation. When you think about how the parts of the human body work together, how the tides go in and out, or that the earth can sustain life, you can see God's presence and creativity. God gives everyone proof of his existence if they just look around. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in the book of Psalms, chapter 19, as he begins his message, Beautiful Day. Jesus
1: you know, in every generation, there's bound to be a band that just has such longevity that Every time you think that they can't do something better, they do something better. And in every generation, there's one of those groups that you always think this is their last album, they can't top it, and they bring out something else. So as we continue our top 10 series, we're going to fast forward the tape. Last year, we were in 1976 and then 86, and this year we're fast forwarding to the year 2000 when this band had another hit. Check it out. Thought you'd found a friend To take out of this place Someone you can lend a hand And turn in for gray. It's a beautiful day The me alive a beautiful day Don't let it get away It's a beautiful day You all know that's the band U2, right? 2000, the hit of 2000 from their album, All That You Can't Leave Behind. It won three Grammys, the song of the year, the record of the year, and the best rock performance by a group. Now, why would I choose that song for this psalm? The lyric, It's a Beautiful Day, and as you get into the song, it talks about the beauty of God's creation, the beauty of God in the lives of people things like see the world in green and blue see china right in front of you see the canyons broken by clouds and the tuna fleets clearing the sea out it speaks of god's glory and creation and it is a beautiful day is it not so open up in your bibles to psalm number 19 as we continue this series called the top 10 as we look at 10 psalms psalms are songs The book of Psalms was the hymnal of the children of Israel. And so, because Psalms are songs, we're linking them up to popular songs, songs that maybe were our generation, maybe was another's generation. Psalm number 19, so if you're new to your Bible, it's about, I don't know, about a halfway through your Old Testament. Speaking of almost the exact same subject matter as this psalm, German philosopher Immanuel Kant said it this way, two things fill the mind with ever new and increasing admiration and awe, the starry heavens above and the moral law within. Now, like with most philosophers, we don't agree with everything that they've said, but Kant had that right. Two realities that cause us to admire, to stand in awe, God's creation, all that he has made, and the reality of that law that dwells within our heart, and that's exactly what Psalm 19 is about. It's about three types of revelation. Really, there's two types, and then it gets applied for the third type. C.S. Lewis said that this was the greatest poem in the Psalter and one of the greatest lyrics in the world in his reflections on the Psalms. I think all of God's word is good. I think there's something to teach us at every single line of every single page. But there are some places where you're like, wow, this is really hitting it. Let's be honest. Oftentimes, reading John's gospel can be a little bit more exciting than reading the book of Leviticus. Certain things just nourish us in a special way. Now, it all nourishes us, but Psalm 19 is really special. So let's just jump right on in. Psalm number 19. It says to the chief musician, a psalm of David in verse one, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork day unto day utter speech and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tabernacle for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoices like a strong man to run its race. Its rising is from one end of heaven and its circuit to the other end, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. These first six verses teach us the general revelation of creation. The general revelation of creation. And then to apply that to us, my exhortation is to stop and smell the roses. Stop and smell the roses. The first type of revelation that we find here is God revealing himself in a general way in what he has created. Right? Now notice what it says in verse one. It says quite simply, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork, day unto day utters speech, and night unto night re- reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. God reveals himself in what he has
0: created.
1: Notice all of these language verbs. God declares, he shows, he utters speech, he reveals knowledge. By the time you get to verse 3, there is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. What that means is that in all that God created, the creation itself, it's wordless speech, nonverbal speech. People will tell you that 80% of communication is nonverbal. How often does someone say one thing, but their body language tells you something else? How many times are you talking to somebody and they're just, you're talking and you're flowing and they're just like, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh oh yeah, uh mm-hmm. They're saying everything like they're interested, but they're really not, right? They're focused on something else. So God's creation gives us wordless speech. Words aren't being used, but there is a revelation, and unveiling. That word revelation in the Greek, it's the word apocalypsis, which we get our word apocalypse from, which, for those of you who don't know the Bible all that well, has really nothing to do with Bruce Willis and a meteorite and a nuclear weapon and all this stuff. It has nothing to do with that. It really has nothing to do with the end of the world either. The word apocalypsis means the unveiling It it literally, it's epistemology It's foundation comes from Taking the top off of a box to see what's inside That's what it means It's like when someone gives you a present You open it up Apocalypsis, revelation You got a present, you don't know what it is Until you look inside So God reveals himself in his creation In a general sense Now, of course, Genesis chapter 1 Is a great place to go Because the book of Genesis Especially the first few chapters Explain to us God as the creator In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth It says It's Genesis 1-1 Most people struggle With the Bible within The first five or six words In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth Right there and if you look at this Psalm here, specifically the second day of creation, because verses, um, six, verses six to eight in Genesis one, of course, here we start seeing that in talking about God's general revelation in creation, it automatically goes to the sun, the sun running a circuit throughout the heavens. That was the second day of creation. Of course, the fourth day of creation, the sun and the moon are created. How did God create everything? By speaking. Words are creative. The idea of speech is going to come up over and over again in this psalm. So God reveals himself in a general sense in creation. Notice this idea of in verse 2, day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. This speaks of the constancy of God's revelation, that day in and day out, If we were to look up and out and around, God is revealing himself to us at every turn in what he has made. Now, I think it's important that we need to say this right now. There seems to be, in our culture, a kind of science versus religion battle. I don't believe in that at all, actually. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe that there are some aspects of contemporary science that don't believe in God and There's a whole lot of religious people who don't believe in science. But if you think about what science is, is science is man's attempt to understand God's artistic endeavors. And it would make sense, given God is the great designer, that humans would be interested in all this. And it's interesting if you study it. If you spend some time looking at the perfections in creation. It's fascinating. It's a deep well. You could spend your life studying it. So science is humans attempt to understand what God has done. Now, they might not characterize it that way, but that's exactly what they're doing. God is totally logical. When you look at the way things work, the most basic things, like God created humans with lungs and we breathe in oxygen and we exhale carbon dioxide and there's these things called leaves and leaves take in carbon dioxide and they turn it back into oxygen again. I mean, how cool is that? See, all of these things, the fact that we have noses to breathe air, eyes that can see, that we relate with creation, that, hey, if the earth in its orbit was just one degree farther out, it'd be too cold for the earth to be inhabited. If it was one slight degree too far in, it'd be too hot. Oh, yeah, and there's this thing called gravity. I mean, all this stuff, it all declares to us who God is. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament proclaims and shows forth God's handiwork, God's creativeness. And this goes on every single day, day unto day, night unto night, over and over and over again. When was the last time we stopped and smelled the roses? Like even right now, you may be sitting in here and sure, it was a little snowy outside this morning. It's a little cold. When was the last time you praised God that you were a little chilly? You said, God, you're glorious. I'm cold. Next time we get on that, that kind of rain marathon where it rains for like five months straight. Lord, thank you for the rain. You just have to go read Isaiah chapter 55. You know, as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and it waters to the earth. So is my word that will prosper and that for which I sent it. So when you go outside and you get all misted up in your nice new clothes, you just say, "Lord, thank you for your word. This rain is prospering in my life the way your word is prospering." See, if we are willing to have eyes to see, everything should move us to awe—not just another day, but day unto day utter speech. This wordless speech of what God has made. Every time you look at somebody, even if you look at them a little cross because you don't like what they just did, the fact that you can see them and interact with them is all to the glory of God. It's to the glory of God. God has revealed himself in that which he created. Listen to Romans chapter 1, verses 18 to 20. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness because what may be known of God is manifest in them for God has shown it to them. For since, listen to this, the creation of the world, his, speaking of God's, invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. Wow. Think about that. The Apostle Paul is saying that God is upset about ungodliness and unrighteousness because everybody ought to know better. Why? Because since the creation of the world, God's invisible attributes are clearly seen in what He created, specifically His eternal power. So God's power is seen, and it says in my translation, His God. The Godhead, which speaks of his God's godliness, God's godhoodness, God's power and sovereignty. What that means is that the general revelation of creation, although it's general, it's not specific, we'll get to that in a second, that's enough to show us that God is real. And that is where the evolution versus design debate gets into it right there because so many scientists they want you to believe that there was an explosion in a printing press and it ended up being a dictionary that's what in in effect that is what it is they're saying listen there's a big bang and everything ended up perfectly now as much as i would like that i don't have enough faith to believe that now don't get me wrong many scientists Honestly inquiring, we'll we'll see that there is an aspect of creation that creation reproduces itself, that it adapts. And all these things, if you're thinking about it, say, well, if it adapts, then it can adapt in all these different ways. But the issue is not macro evolution going from one thing to another thing. The issue is the fact that if you listen to someone like Richard Dawkins, who's the big, very much forefront atheist, he would say something like, if you ask him, and I've heard him do this, well, how did the Big Bang happen? I'm not concerned with that, he'd say. I'm not concerned. I, and I thought to myself, listen, if Richard Dawkins was asleep and there was a Big Bang in his house, I'm quite sure he'd be concerned with how that happened. Because <laughs> I would be. It just happened the other day. Something fell off of one of our shelves, and I woke up and then hit me, what's going on down there? And I said, hey, it's the 21st century, babe. Equality rules. You go down and check it out. (laughs) (laughs) You know that whole men and women were equal? Well, I'm tired. You go down. (laughs) Now, you know I totally didn't say that. I'll be up here with a black eye, right? (laughs) And all the ladies are like, good on you, Lynn. Good on you. But listen, when, when that thump happened... I was out of bed I wanted to know What made that big bang And a good scientist will say Listen It's not enough to say There was a big bang We want to know What's the deal with the big banger What's going on here And that's where That's where A lot of this Evolutionary atheism It's not science It's religion That's what it is And if you actually read the stuff You realize that it's religion And what's, what's interesting Is because they don't call it religion They call it science They can teach it to our kids in school now, listen, listen, I think that as Christians, we should embrace science because God created things to function in a way that's very logical, rational, that we can't understand. But at the point of the division, at the point of the division, that's why I have to say, listen, I really respect all that you're, I mean, it's cool that we learn about atoms and protons and neutrons. And now we know about things called subatomic particles. If you're a biologist or a quantum physicist, you understand this stuff. I don't. There was a long time you thought that in the nucleus there were just protons and neutrons, electrons going around it. They're like, no, 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 that's just the tip of the iceberg of what's in the middle of an atom, and that's cool. Why? Because God made all that stuff. I think it's amazing. I think it's amazing. But see, all of humanity is without his cruise because if we would open our eyes and see what's around us, you have to believe in a God, or else you believe that an explosion happened in a printing press and you got yourself the Encyclopedia Britannica. That's what you believe That everything exploded And everything's perfect It's perfect With the firmament And the atmosphere And if we lived outside We'd just end up going out in the space But there's gravity here Because of the way it spins And it's orbit and All these things That doesn't happen by chance I don't have enough faith To believe that that was happenstance It's much more logical to say Listen When you look at a dictionary You're like Some smart people wrote this Right? That's right Even if you look at a children's book, you think some smart person wrote this. Why? Because it's ordered. It's got a flow. It's logical. There's illustrations in it. See, all humanity is without excuse because God reveals himself. Doesn't matter if you live in America and you have access to a Bible or not. In a general sense, God reveals himself to all people and what God has made. And this revelation is universal It's without words. It's not restricted by language. It transcends human communication. Now, I think we also need to make a distinction at this point. Because on one side of the thing, you have the science versus religion thing that I don't really agree with. And on the other side of it, because God has revealed himself in creation, you have all sorts of people who want to worship creation. Now, the Bible teaches that God created everything. But that everything that God created is not God It's very easy Because it says God reveals himself in creation For someone to say Well then I gotta hug this tree But God expresses himself in creation But creation is not God himself Just the way God created you and I And we are expressions of the image of God But we are not gods in and of ourselves And you might say Well Pastor Daniel you're kind of splitting hairs here And maybe I am but there's all sorts of people who want to worship creation and people rather than the true and living God. And Paul in Romans 1 gets into that as well. We see God's attributes in creation and in each other. but we don't worship it
0: Jesus is bugs, puffer fish, the Grand Canyon, puffy clouds, and the human body. The world is filled with amazing things. Today, Pastor Daniel shared that God has generally revealed himself in the world around you. You can see the amazing design in creation and ultimately know that God exists. He reminded you that the wonders of the world should point you to God, not to be worshipped themselves.
1: Hey everybody, this is Pastor Daniel and I wanna be honest with you for a moment. Life is messy and the hard reality is if it isn't messy for you now, it will be and it probably has been in the past. Did you know that you can still thrive in tough times? It's true, you can, but only through the power of Jesus. That's the purpose behind my book, Honestly. I want you to know how to keep living your best life in Jesus no matter the circumstances of your life. You can find out more about it and get your own
0: copy at JesusIsRealRadio.com Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time as Pastor Daniel continues in this study of Psalm 19. You'll see that God specifically reveals Himself through the Bible. Throughout Scripture, God shares who He is, who you are, and His design for your life. Pastor Daniel will share several qualities of God's Word and how they can apply to your life. God wants you to know Him experience his transformative power in your heart and life. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus is Real Radio.